Before we begin this episode, we acknowledge that the First Nations people of Australia are and always will be the traditional custodians. We pay respect to all those who have come before us and lead us now, and acknowledge that together we must learn from the past to continue to move forward and reconcile. This is Tegan. And this is Kate. And welcome to Hard Rock Crochet. Today's episode of Create a Shout Out. We're going all the way across the world again. Mm-hmm. All the way to New York City. New York City. New York. Or what was it uptown New York? I need to oh, learn my town. areas of New York. Uptown yeah, I, girl. <laughs> I was going to start going New York. Concrete jungle, wet dream tomato. That's all right. <laughs> we are talking with the lovely Jeanette from New Wave Knitting. Hi, Jeanette. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Yes. I'm so sorry. It feels like it's been a bit of a shit show, like on my end, trying to organize things. So <laughs> I'm no, sorry. I'm just, I'm honestly no big deal. I've had, I've been moving, I've been doing crazy stuff. Like, <laughs> Life's been pretty hectic, so this is totally fine. I'm in the same boat, and I'm just so happy to be here chatting with both of you. Yay. I um, when this morning when I was um getting all, sending up all the questions, and I um when I I've been looking at your website and your blog for a while, and I was like, well, hang on, what's this checklist? Because I'm like a whole like I love checklists, love checklists, mm-hmm. and I need to go and read like go through my whole wardrobe now and and like check out my checklist and figure out my projects I love it how has no one ever come up with this idea before (laughs) that's what I was thinking that's why I made it because I was like I was looking you know I love capsule wardrobes right like when I first got Mm -hmm. into Pinterest years ago that's like capsule wardrobes are so cool and I just was noticing that I was making all these clothes that I just ended up not wearing and I was like what is happening like why so just getting really intentional with it and then creating that checklist to really plan everything out has been such a game changer for me oh and I it's might need even, to check this out too <laughs> I do because I'm looking through it going oh my god I've never thought about knitting that before I'm like now I want to because we're coming into um our hotter season like spring right. summer now I'm like oh my god like because for me it's always been about jumpers or sweaters or whatever I call them jumpers that's such an Australian term but um I've always just thought you know and beanies and scarves but now I'm like wow my my right yeah because I I kept making crew neck jumpers mm-hmm. um but um yeah, it was just, it, it was just not, basically I wasn't making enough also, just it, I wasn't making a diverse enough uh, range of clothing to really come up with an actual wardrobe that I could realistically wear regularly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, and also just like creating stuff in a color palette that will bring you joy year round, because like it takes so long to make like an entire wardrobe, right? Yeah. Like that, that takes a long time. So you really want to be mindful of what colors you're making them in so that you want to wear them year round. And it's not just a seasonal thing. Like, of course, as you keep going, you can make more seasonal items, but when you're just mm-hmm. starting out and you really want to make a whole wardrobe, you want to wear it year round. So like 100%. just finding out what brings you the most joy. Yeah. The um, one thing you don't want to do is make a bright yellow you know, turtleneck sweater 
<laughs> it's only season for one year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> absolutely but that's the thing too like in the checklist I also included spots for like something kind of trendy right so because like doing some trendy patterns are super fun so like we shouldn't necessarily like make ourselves not experience that kind of fun or joy but just making sure that we're not only making trendy items that we only wear for maybe a couple times or a season or something yeah yeah that's fair well I'm jumping the gun here Let's just introduce yourself. But oh yeah, tell us about who you are, what do you do, why you know where you live. All, tell us all about yourself. Yeah, so I'm Jeanette. I'm the person behind New Wave Knitting, and New Wave Knitting is a blog about kind of more sustainable knitting and sustainable fashion, um, as well as just being a kind of like modern crafter, I guess you could say. Um, it's not so much the technical side of knitting, although I am thinking about maybe doing a little series for like, you know, basic stitches and things like that. But um, it's more of like the bigger ideas behind knitting, which I think is really fun. Um, and I also am now making patterns, which is really cool and exciting. <laughs> um, and I just released my first pattern called the staple skirt. And I am working on a, uh, I'm working on more staple patterns for a staple collection. Um, where I really focus on making made to measure patterns that should fit yes. everyone perfectly um, yes. and having them like really good made to measure too. Like they, they have all of the, the measurements and things that you need um, to really uh, create a garment that fits everyone perfectly. So uh, yeah, that's a little bit about me and what I do. And I am from upstate New York. Um, and I was living in Montreal last year, but I'm back in upstate New York for the time being, which is cool. And yeah. Awesome. Your staple skirt was just mind-blowing. The step-by-step instructions for that is just anyone can pick that up. If you've never knitted before, you can pick it up, make yourself a skirt awesome. and just, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Tegan Absolutely. was <laughs> such an, uh, in, I was going to say, integral it, it, I'm gonna integral? Tell the word. Integral. She, <laughs> she was a crucial part of the staple skirt pattern process she was my tech editor and I really can't thank you enough for all of the support because especially with it being my first pattern I was really nervous about all the steps that it involves um mm-hmm. and making it I really mm-hmm. wanted to make it as inclusive as possible and Indeed. That involved a lot of information and a lot of steps. So I really appreciate your close eye on everything and your emotional support on top of the technical (laughs) support. It was, I just thank you so much. No stress. (laughs) (laughs) It's all a bit, yeah. I I commend you because uh, like I really love made to measure patterns. They're just, I think that's the new way of doing patterns. It, is. it, it really is. It, but it takes so much to into actually so much goes into that. I can't even, like, how, how do you even start making a made to measure pattern? <laughs> like, you know, it's so funny. Cause like, for me, that's the, it's intuitive. Like, that's just how I was initially thinking of how I would go about making a pattern. Cause I was like doing the calculations for myself and I don't know how other people design patterns, but that I just like went about figuring out the, uh, you know, the measurements and the calculations I needed to make the skirt fit me. And then rather than grading, which, you know, so I've heard 
a couple different points of view on made to measure. One person told me that someone else told them that like made to measure patterns are really like unfinished patterns and that they're not as good as graded patterns, um, uh, which I disagree with. Lies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so like, I would say both ways of doing patterns for me, I mean, grading is a whole other piece of work, right? But like also figuring out how to communicate the calculations for other people to do is also very tough. So I think they're both equally very hard to do. I think it depends on how your brain works and what, you know, which ones are easier to write and create, um, as well as which to read and make, right? Um, but yeah, so like, the way I just go about making the patterns, because I'm working on a sock pattern right now, which has so many more dimensions than a skirt, um, but which is, I'm going to need your help a lot with that, Tegan. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, just figuring out every dimension that you need and then just how to kind of plug in the formulas to create it so it fits perfectly. Yeah, definitely trying to get your brain onto paper is the hardest bit, I reckon, <laughs> from, from <laughs> any point of, a, point of view from a designer, even if it's not just calculations, even just getting like, hang on, how do I write that row down? That is still quite, you know, you got to be in the right frame of mind to be able to write it out and then go, right, it's ready to go to testers or whatever it may be. But to have mass, that's just, yeah, yep, <laughs> it that's is so right. hard. <laughs> Yeah, that's what my project notebook is for. I have all the messy calculations of all handwritten first and then I'll transfer it online. But um, yeah, and I, I would say too that doing stuff like color work, that's a whole nother ball game oh, that yeah. I can't even imagine. I can't fathom. Not going there. <laughs> I did it for a blanket once and I was just like, nope. <laughs> like I've done my blanket now. I'm never doing it again. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, well, I'm, I'm only just broaching out into pattern design myself. And I, I think my ultimate goal is I'd love to make a garment, but I'm just sticking to the really simple, easy things at the moment that aren't too involved as I, because yeah. there is a lot to learn. And we've talked about this before and, and you've actually got a whole um, blog series about this, about how to, you know, make a pattern and, and what you need to do when the first things and tips and tricks and all those things. I just you just don't realize how much is involved in putting something on paper and then putting it out there and it, there's yeah. the all the stuff that comes before that during that and after yeah absolutely yeah it was again that's why it was so overwhelming to me and that's why I was very grateful to have Tegan's support um but when I was like just diving in I mean I've only written one pattern you know but like before that I was just really trying to do research on what to do like someone tell me the process right yeah and I couldn't really find that anywhere so that's why I ended up writing that blog post because I just I, I hope that other you know aspiring pattern designers find that and they're like okay someone's telling me what to do I actually created a checklist too for that um so people can do the step-by-step -step because there are just so many steps involved in it and yeah. it's, it's a lot Tegan's going, yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it from all angles when you think about it. <laughs> so you, but you, so you don't just, so you don't just do pattern design. You're not just doing, you know, you don't just have your blog, but you have a community. You've, you've, mm -hmm. this community is blown up. 
talk to us about yeah. about crafting communities and and your community yeah i'm i'm beyond grateful um for this my my community it's it's very sweet um they're very kind and yeah i might okay so when i started the blog which was in this past january so it's been what nine months now um my goal for the full year was to get like five I think my goal was 10,000 followers on Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, and that was just a goal just to make sure that I was on track, that like people are picking up what I'm putting down, um, that I'm kind of going somewhere with this because it would be really cool if this became a full-time thing down the road. Um, and yeah, and so by I think I reached that by like May, 10,000. Um, oh, and, <laughs> yeah. wow. and I'm at 16,000 now. I've noticed that the growth has slowed a little bit, which I'm cool with because um, I'm really, when I was growing, I was really trying, I was really pushing out content. I was doing, you know, a, I still do a blog a week, but I was doing, you know, two reels about the blog a week, plus posting four to five wow. times a, a day. Um, but now I'm really trying to slow down a little bit on Instagram and just kind mm -hmm. of really foster uh, the people who are there because I've, I've been finding that the people who are there just really share the same values that, mm -hmm. and my values are um, to, you know, be sustainable with what I'm creating the best way that I can, um, but also being human about it and understanding yes. that sustainability isn't black and white. It's okay to use acrylic yarn. Like you can do that. That's cool because sustainability and accessibility really have to be balanced. Um, and it's important to understand that. And also, I think just understanding that we are humans in general, you know, I'm obviously in a, on a knitting account, but I'm a human. So I'm going to post or share things that align with my values and mm -hmm. um, may not always be knitting related or craft related. And that's because I am human. And I expect people to understand that. Um, and yeah, so overall, I really think that, and I'm very just grateful for my community for being there for loving, um, and liking and, um, the stuff that I'm writing, actually reading blog posts, um, which is just really cool because I feel like blogs are almost kind of like, you know, not, not the biggest thing to draw people in, but, um, anyway, yeah, I, it's, it's been really good. And um, overall, I would just say I'm, I'm very happy. And yeah, I'm just so excited to have people who share those kinds of values. You're talking about acrylic there. What is your favorite fiber that you like to use? I, I do love wool. Wool is my favorite. <laughs> I would say alpaca is a close second, but I love the elasticity and the softness that inherently come with that. They're also more sustainable um, just because, you know, they're not using plastics and things to be created unless it's like a blend. But um, yeah, that, but of course the cons are that extremely pricey, especially in the States. And um, some people are allergic. So, you know, that's, that's the thing. But wool is definitely my favorite. Nice. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> That's fair. And so tell us, so um, you've been knitting pretty much your whole life. Yeah. So it's bread and butter, but you like, are you a crocheter as well or you just purely? So I just, I, okay. So I learned 
taught myself how to crochet last summer. Um, and I was very intimidated about the process. I actually just wrote a blog post on that last week. And today is International Crochet Day, by the way. Um, so, woo! And yeah, so this blog post that I wrote on it shares my experience, which, and tips for like, if you want to learn how to crochet as a knitter, because it's intimidating, I think. I was intimidated. Oh, I, well, when I saw that blog post, I was like, I wish I had this a year ago because I, exactly the same I've been a knitter my entire life and then I picked up I was like I was always the opinion like nah you either knit or you crochet like you can't like you know you can't you know it's just too hard to cross and and I was just really determined like no I'm going to teach myself how to crochet and holy moly like <laughs> I've picked it up now yeah it just took like, a minute yeah yeah it did and yeah. a lot of failed uh projects mm-hmm. yeah that's the thing so like I somehow thought to be like super patient with myself, which normally does not happen. Um, <laughs> but when I, yeah, so in, in the blog post, I kind of go over basically the two main steps that I did that were extremely helpful um, were to one, uh, pick a pattern that I really wanted to make, you know, as like when you want to begin knitting people for crochet will recommend to like make a scarf or something that's boring and doesn't personally excite me. So yeah, make something that you really wanna make, but that's also kind of beginner friendly. And also just be patient with yourself and practice the stitches mm -hmm. before you dive into the pattern. That mm -hmm. was a big game changer yep. for me. Um, I and really allowed me to actually do the swatch. <laughs> yeah, I actually, so, I, I honestly still don't know how to swatch with crochet. So that's something I have to learn. But um, well, I, I did like a checkered bag that was just like a big square. So I was like, I don't need to swatch. If it's, if it's you know, bigger than it needs to be, it's fine. The <laughs> bag's so. easy. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I really struggled. Actually, the, the whole point of me starting to crochet was because I wanted to actually, I had heard that if you taught yourself to crochet, you could do the, um, is it continental knitting where you hold the um, yes. um, the strand in your left hand? Mm -hmm. And so it's quicker to knit instead of doing the, I think it's the English, I don't know if this is the right terminology, English, the yeah. English version where it, so that's how I was taught, where I hold the strand of yarn in my right hand. So I was like, oh, well, if I teach myself to crochet, I'm already, I've got to hold it in my left hand. That was the biggest hurdle for me. Like I really struggled with the tension and, and, and not holding two needles, like holding mm. one hook. I, that took me the longest part. I don't know if you had that same. Yeah. It's still awkward for me. I'm definitely not a pro by any means and I'm very awkward, but um, yeah, I'm the same way. I actually wanted, I got inspired to learn because I actually got an RMI, a repetitive motion injury from knitting. Oh, um, wow. So I couldn't knit for four months and it was mm -mm, hell. It was absolute hell. No. Um, yeah. So, but I, I heard like when I was doing research um, that if you crochet, like it uses different muscles. So like yeah. I was kind of, as I was slowly recovering and I could knit like 10 minutes a day um for a while I would also crochet for 10 minutes a day so it wasn't like bugging my arm but I was like slowly building up and my thought process I was very afraid to get another RMI mm. so I was thinking that moving forward I would 
crochet and also always have a crochet pattern, always have a knitting pattern going just to kind of mix things up. But actually, I, I did that for a little while, but I ended up, my love for knitting went out. And so I've just been knitting um, and I haven't had an injury again, luckily. So um, that's, that's, I know, fingers crossed. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Look, I don't know if it helps you, but about six years ago, I put my back out knitting. How? Because you doing yoga or? <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, I hold um, stress in my body. And at mm. the time I was working in a really, mm. really stressful job. And I think mm. that was actually compounded. I think it was more the knitting kind of broke the camel's back, so to speak, pardon the pun. Mm. But I was literally, I was just knitting because knitting is my, you know, it helps me relax. And yeah, yeah I had a, a really bad back injury. I was six months recovery. Oh my God. But I'm not Could blaming the knit knitting. during the six months? Well, no, because I had to lie on my back most of the time. But... Oh. Now I wish I knew about those, you know, the the mirror yes. <laughs> that Chloe uses. From yeah. yeah, I swear they come up every episode. We just need to go get a pair. I know. <laughs> so that's a game changer. That is a game changer. Mm-hmm. It really is. She has an affiliate code now, just an FYI. She's <gasps> the best. Oh my god, <laughs> that's so good to know. So going back to your pattern design, so you're talking about staple staple patterns. So what have you got in the works? You said a sock pattern. What other things are you sort of thinking about? So everything pretty much. Like I really want it. <laughs> yeah, like this is going to be a long project uh, and a big collection hopefully mm-hmm. where I'm basically able to fill up all those things in the Knitwear Capsule Wardrobe Blueprint, right? Like with all of my yes. own patterns. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, maybe not all like I might not do a lingerie pattern but we'll see I'm not writing it off but <laughs> do you know when, you, when I saw that I thought I've never thought about knitted or crocheted lingerie you know I hadn't either until Met- Kate from Mezzo Makes um, shared she created a pattern I think it launched this past Valentine's Day um and it opened my eyes to the world of knitted lingerie and I was like oh interesting I once saw um I think it might have been on like maybe Will and the Gang and you know the shiny happy cotton it's like Aaron White like heavy cotton someone had made bathers with them like a little bikini top and a little bikini bottom and she jumped in the water and I'm like oh love don't get out don't get out the concept is there but no I love <laughs> try a different yarn please try a different yarn <laughs> I I don't know if I I love the look of um crocheted bikinis and swimwear mm. but my fear is exactly that like I don't yeah. want to jump Just in the light. water and... very light <laughs> yeah I feel like I've heard I'm trying to think of what the kind of fiber is it's not a cotton but it's or maybe it's a blend or something but it's like a plant with a blend I think that mm, can be good do you know what it is, Tegan? No, I no. think so. It, it isn't it that recycled one. Is that what you're it saying? Might be. Yeah, because it's like a combination of a little bit of cotton and like recycled plastic yarn at the end of the day, really. Yeah. Um, and then it but is a it's a lot lighter. Water. Yeah, yeah, oh. it's a lot lighter. And so I've heard, but it's really hard to find. Like it's it's not as you know popular as cotton. I remember mm. I was looking 
into it. Um, Knitting Tipsy has some cute like bathing suit patterns and stuff. And I was, I, I was like, I don't want soggy bottom though. So I was like looking into it. And um, anyway, I couldn't find much that I was like, that I, really I think it's liked, for show. But... Some of those are for show. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I feel bit of a song. I, um, I want to do a um, hat. That's my summer, one of my summer projects. Mm. So I want to make a hat. That'd be very cool. What kind of hat? Um, I don't know. I've, I've, I've looked in, I've, that's actually one thing. I think a crocheted hat seems to be like, there's really, really only one way to make it. Like from what I can see, you know, it's pretty much the same stitch all the way around, unless you want to kind of make it, um, got a, kind of like a lacy sort of, I don't know, pattern in it. But, but for me living in Queensland, um, where like the can- sun cancer capital of the world. So mm. I'm like, I love those kind of hats, but I need really good coverage. Like, so mm. I'm thinking maybe a fedora. Yeah. You, you want a big wall. Yeah. Mm. With mm-hmm. big brim, I reckon. Yeah, definitely. So I like it. That's very cool. So I'll have to tick, I'll have to tick that off on my list when I <laughs> go. That's to- it. That will be a staple item. A hundred percent. But then I was thinking about it and thought, can you knit a hat? Sure you can. I feel like crochet would be better though. I think so. Because the shaping and also it holds the stitch, Mm. you know, like you can kind of, what do you call it? Like almost do a sculpture more, right? Mm. Yeah. Because I'm just thinking knitting might not be tight enough. That's the other thing. I reckon it'll um, flop. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Ooh. So yeah, I was just—it was just something that crossed my mind. I, I also think about that a lot around. I think that's what it, um, attracted me to crochet. I don't know if you have said, had the same thought, Jeanette. Around, mm-hmm. you can do a lot more than what knitting can sort of offer. Yeah, yeah it opens a lot of doors for sure. Mm. So you're coming into winter. Yes. Yeah, fall. Uh, what what's what's on your what's your whips? What are your projects that are on the go? Yeah, so I um I'm working on socks, socks. but um which I'm pointing to as if you can see them like very easily. But this is like the first sock anyway, <laughs> which I'm very excited about. Oh my gosh! Um, oh, we got colors. a little folded hem right here. Um, which we know I love. That's going to be like a signature for the staple collection. Is mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, I've got that. I also have, uh, I think I'm going to do, it's not very winter or fall, but it's, um, I'm going to do like a tea pattern um, with actually some DK uh, from Woolenworks um, that I just got in the mail, which I'm really excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are two projects I have in mind for the staple collection that I'll be working on. But I'm also casting on or um, I'm doing a swatch that's drying right now for a Sahara sweater by Camel Knits, which is kind of like this wrap sweater um, with this bulky weight yarn. And I have Cascade 128 for it, which is just a little bit too small. So I think I'm going to modify the pattern a little bit so it has a bit more of a tighter um, yeah. fabric. Because it's oh, very nice. bulky and it would be very loose and like see-through kind of if I were to use. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's, it's actually in this like really nice, like, um, what do you call it? It's like cinnamon color. Mm-hmm. So it'll be like a really nice fall top, which I'm really excited about. Nice. Yeah. 
and it's like to see that it snows in your part of the world doesn't it like it gets really it cold. snows a lot in my part of the world yeah yes. um I'm actually so I'm from uh Saranac Lake area in New York State which I do not expect you to know but it is uh known to be one of the one of if not the coldest places in the continental U.S. Oh. um so pretty awful but cool at the same time but um <laughs> I'm just a little bit outside of there right now. So it's a little bit warmer, but um, yeah, it snows a lot for sure. Fair enough. So lots of, um, lots of winter and, oh, I, that's, I always get really, I don't know, fear of missing out, I suppose, FOMO, because here, where in my part of the world, the coldest it would get, oh, it doesn't snow. It doesn't even drop I don't know, in Celsius. I don't know what the Fahrenheit would be conversion but it's coldest here would be maybe 10 degrees oh wow okay so i was just living in montreal so like i kind of understand the conversion because they do you know Celsius mm. there. yeah yeah so yeah. not not that really like tegan it gets cold down in your down your part of aussie yeah it's 11 degrees today oh my god <laughs> i know we're supposed to be in spring apparently <laughs> i think melbourne missed the memo <laughs> Right, yeah, always... See, that's nice. So for me, yeah. well, my partner and I are actually looking to move um, maybe to North Carolina. We're going on a trip next month to check it out, um, which would have more mild winters for sure, mm-hmm. um, which for me, mental health wise, I really need. So yeah. yeah. So what, what were you doing in Montreal? Like that would have been freezing. Yeah. So one, um, but amazing. Yeah, also. I actually... My partner and I uh, both applied to school for different programs in Montreal, and our plan was if we both got in, we would go, and we both got in. So mm-hmm. I was going to school for, and it was back to school, so I already have a master's in education, I was an English teacher before, um, but I was going to be going back to school for fiber arts, so imagine that. Oh. And. Um, I did a semester, and it was really cool. It was like an undergrad program because I don't have any arts background, um, but because I've already got all these other degrees that it would only have taken like two years to get a degree in it. Yeah. Um, but it was a fine arts program, which is cool, but it ended up just not being what I was hoping for. And I just felt like I wasn't getting what I wanted out of it. And it was a lot of money and uh, a lot of time. So while I was in school, I really wanted to start New Wave Knitting but I did not have the time or energy yeah. to do so. So I ended up dropping out after the first semester um, and just ended up staying in Montreal with a work permit um, until just like a couple months ago. And uh, yeah, but yeah, it was, it was really cool to test out um, going to school for fiber arts. That was, that was really cool. So what kind of stuff like would they, would you do? What's, what do they teach yeah. in fiber arts school? Yeah, so like two of the, uh, you know, core classes I have to take as a freshman um, were um, yarn dyeing. So I learned how to do natural oh. yarn dyes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I used um, goods gathered from my parents' property, which is in upstate New York. And um, actually, I made um, this kind of set that I have on the wall but this is just one component, but I dyed the yarn, um, or the yarn, I dyed the fabric with this maple dye. It's like a wow. kind of nice creamy thing. Yeah. And then I made this paint with a pigment, not natural, but I made this paint with a pigment 
and then I embroidered over it and it all together it creates a mountain landscape but they're in individual wow. hoops oh my gosh that's awesome yeah thanks um so embroidery is another thing that I have up my sleeve um and another class that I had was like construction like uh fiber construction which had a lot of felting <laughs> a lot of yeah. I learned how to felt um and it was not my favorite thing in the world, but it's, I have a much more appreciation for the, the art form now. <laughs> and yeah. I also took a um, fiber art history course, which was really cool and interesting and inspired um, the blog post that I wrote on, it's time to take knitting more seriously and art history of knitting. Why don't so we have any of these things here? No. we've got they like the any, textile they didn't have class. this in the states either i had to go to canada for it you know oh my god wow. in canada gotta go it's, there now. It's, it sounds like though what you've learned there and what you've taken there is kind of sort of built the foundation for new wave knitting and you've sort of built it on from there yeah i, I mean it definitely added to it i mean i had the idea for new wave knitting before starting but um it definitely gave me a lot of ideas i was really one thing that was a big bummer for me with it and one reason why I ended up being like this isn't what I wanted um was because of COVID in Canada they're taking it much more seriously specifically in Quebec and things have opened up and loosened up now but my I was taking all of these courses online so I had to do all the yarn dyeing oh. in my small city apartment <laughs> plus all the other things like the felting and I'm um, in my yeah. small bedroom um and it was really tough and one of the things I really wanted was to make connections and like meet people and that was really hard to do online while doing all this okay. all, all the classwork in my small apartment so um the first semester was online with the hope of the second semester being in person but then it ended up being online as well yep. so I was like yeah I just it just doesn't make sense for me yeah. um so I did meet a couple of really nice people who we still follow each other and keep in touch a little bit on Instagram, but, um, which was nice, but yeah, it just, it just wasn't right. But overall, it was a really cool experience and getting to live in Montreal was, and internationally and in a place that spoke a different language than me, <laughs> all of it was really cool and really humbling. And I'm really glad I got to experience that. So is it, they speak French, is that right? Mm -hmm. yeah wow and I don't so <laughs> <laughs> oh you would have picked up a few words surely I, yeah I'm, I'm pretty good at reading it now and I can if someone's talking I can understand it a little bit but um and I know some basics but luckily I, I mean I live downtown um in the city so there they expect more English speakers and it was pretty accommodating but still not the easiest and again humbling experience for sure that's really yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Wish we had something nearby to do the same. <laughs> All right. Do you want to move on to the game uh, pon a component? This is where the yerba mate is coming in handy. <laughs> so we're going to play fast five. So I've got five questions and I'm going to ask you and you're going to answer them as quickly as possible. So like, don't sit on too long. Just whatever comes to mind, say it. Are you ready? I guess do you so. prefer winter or summer? summer bulky or lightweight yarn lightweight montreal or new york montreal would you prefer to make yourself selfish makes or 
pattern design? Pattern design, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and last one, if you could only pick one craft for an entire year, what would you do? Knitting. Yep. <laughs> I wasn't sure. You never know. <laughs> I feel like I threw you off when I said lightweight as I'm, as I made this, the staple skirt with a bulky and I'm wearing bulky yarn right now, but, um, I've recently come to realize that super bulky. I'm just like, I'm so over it as I'm wearing it right now. I'm like regretting because I'm sweating so badly. Yeah. Um, and I had to take it off for part of today because it's not quite cool enough. Although I thought it was, I was hoping it was, but um yeah I'm definitely a lightweight yarn person now it's one of those yarns where like you love to love to hate it you know in a kind of way like you love it you love using it you love making with it everything is so satisfying but yeah as soon as you put it on your sweating breaks honestly yes and then it pills so quickly too if it's not plied which most of them aren't and it's just like ugh. and then you have to shave it all off and then half your sweater's gone and Mm -hmm. then you just let your cats go on it and they'll do it for you (laughs) (laughs) oh lordy that's hilarious (laughs) now I was trying to think of um like a knitting or knitting term that we so we always we play this other game where Tegan normally describes a stitch and you've got to guess what it is oh and last time was really terrible so (laughs) like as in me describing it was terrible (laughs) it didn't make sense I'm like adding extra steps in there and I'm going, it's this. No, it's not. <laughs> oh shit. No, I'm just trying to think of a um let me let me I'll do the I'm more of a knit of Tegan, so I'll take this one. See if I can let me Google Please. something. <laughs> I started I knitting it... and it was terrible. <laughs> really? It was so bad. Like I'm okay at it. And I, I have like dabbled a little bit more in, you know, like maybe starting, I started a Worsted Boxy by uh, Jolly jo- Joji? Jojo. Oh my God. I've forgotten her name. Oh my gosh. You know who I'm talking about? I don't. <gasps> <laughs> oh my God. Hang on. No, no, no. I have to get her name right. I wasn't just going to just know. Here we go. Joji. It might be Shoji because she's Portuguese. Shoji uh, Locatelli. Anyway, she has like a whole knitting range and she's got this worst boxy and I've been working on it for six years. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So yeah. do you find it hard to, do you find it harder to grade or like um, tech edit knitting patterns compared to crochet? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I think yeah. it's more for me of the switching between the two. So mm-hmm. I, cause I understand both. But if I've got, if I'm doing two at the same time or I've got two in the same week, I find it hard to kind of like switch. Whereas if I'm just doing like a week of crochet and then the next week I do like a week of knitting, it's not too bad because then I can get my head into that zone. Um, But yeah, I do, I I do find knitting a little bit harder because I am only, I would say kind of beginner to intermediate. Like I can understand I can read it, but I'm not an expert in in no way. But crochet, I've got a damn pat. Got it. Interesting. And I find um, knitting a bit harder for me in terms of making. Really? Yeah. I I struggle to, like, I get into the zone, like, some days you're just like, oh, I could just, like, do stocking knit for days. And then you get to, like, a bit and you're just like, oh, I've got to count. (laughs) (laughs) There's like, oh, and, you know. 
And I think yeah. the fear of frogging for me is what does it. Like the fear of frogging knitting because you're getting rid of an entire row opposed to just frogging a couple of stitches and fixing up yeah. what you need to fix up. Yeah, and then you have to yeah. put in a lifeline maybe or just yeah. like backwards yeah. knitting for days. And, and I think that's what happened with my worsted boxy because I got to a shoulder. I did one shoulder and then got to the other shoulder and then I buggered it up and then I did a lifeline and went back. And then I redid it and then I'm looking at it going, it's wrong. And then I put it down. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I'll get so to annoying. it eventually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, um, huh. Do you know what, how the term frogging came about? I've just come across something here. No, I, 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 don't, I don't know if this is legitimate, but apparently, um, supposedly the term derives from ribbit, ribbit, or rip it, rip it. Like yep. it sounds like a frog croaking. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard that actually. Yeah. And now that you said it, I'm like, oh yeah, I have heard that before. That's, it's, it's such an interesting thing. I, like I cannot find a good one to describe to you. I think it's harder with knitting because you've got, it is, you know, so many stitches. It's not just mm. one stitch. You got to do like a, a series of stitches to get like a bubble stitch or, mm. you know. But oh, I'm just, yeah. I've never done a bobble stitch either, actually. So ooh. if that was the thing, you would have stumped me for sure. <laughs> I am. Um, I just, I just, I'm on this website called nimbleneedles.com and she has all these knitting terminologies. And I'm just interested to know if you've ever heard of these things, but I've never heard of this. SSS. Slip stitch. No, slip. It means. Yeah. Second sock syndrome or second oh, sleeve syndrome. Oh, okay. I'm referring to a knitting and knitter not being able, being motivated enough to finish the final part of the project. <laughs> I call that I mean, sleeve island. Yeah, sleeve yeah, island. That's yeah, what I was thinking I'm sleeve island, baby. Like what? <laughs> um, have you have you had second sock syndrome with your your pair? Not yet. Um, well, I actually no, I haven't. Um, because I was very curious with this, this is the first one, right? And um, I'm actually changing how I do the increases and decreases, um, which they're right here, but like, I'm kind of flipping it, mm-hmm. um, which will make more sense if I finish it. But um, um, but I was really curious how that would work. So I was like instantly going on to the second sock afterwards, but mm. yeah, but yeah. What this is honestly mission? a really fun challenge for me. So it's that was also a big incentive to just pop onto the second sock. So have you needed those in the round or are you using double pointed needles? Yeah, I'm using double pointed needles. Um magic loop just like it's too much for me. And um double pointed needles are extra much for me. So um yeah, just in the round and I was thinking about doing toe up, but I did a poll on my Instagram story and so many more people said cuff down that they prefer. And um, so I ended up doing it. So it's cuff down and then it's just a German short row heel and um, yeah, decreases and then just like a regular sock heel or toe. But yeah. I love it. I love the colors too. Thank you. Yeah. And stripes are always optional, of course, but I really wanted to, I really like the orange and the purple together. So I thought I'd. Um, I was going to say, are they your brand colors? No, I have like a, the purple is very close. The purple, yeah. Yeah, and then I have like a pinkish kind of color. But uh, yeah. Okay, yep. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm I've got- been using a lot of orange in my stories too, actually. So there you go. yeah, 
I think I'm <laughs> going to have to watch out for your staple sock pattern because I have not, I, okay, I have knitted one sock pattern before and I, it was back in my novice days and I just, mm-hmm. I used an acrylic that I found at the craft store and yep. they're like the biggest, floppiest, chunkiest, lumpiest socks. They're the best bed, bed socks. But ever since then, I'm just like, nah, I can't do it. But I did maybe. the same exact thing. Yeah, I did the same exact thing. And I did double pointed needles and I was like 12 years old and I didn't yep. have YouTube. So I was like really struggling and um, never wear, never wore those yep. socks. They were awful. And um, <laughs> I actually made, here I got one second. I got another pair of socks. Um, these were another pattern that were made to measure. And this is what kind of sparked the inspo, but I'm not going to name the designer because looks very I'm going to critique. That's the thing is um, it was made to measure, but she didn't really account for negative ease. And mm-hmm. also um, the, the measurement, and I think this is kind of standard with sock patterns. I'm not sure, to be honest, I'm a sock pattern kind of beginner too, but um, the measurement for the ball of your foot is usually what you use to make your whole foot kind of mm-hmm. size but she's using it also as your cap size which I think is maybe standard but for me like with a staple sock mm-hmm. pattern I'm making this size that goes around your calf for your your leg to be custom to your leg size and so it fits your leg perfectly and then this is the ball of your foot size so they're different to make sure that they fit just right yeah um, that makes sense though hmm. yeah because like the ball of my foot is wider than where these socks sit. So then it kind of like, it just doesn't have very well. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And so I gonna, anyway. I was going to say, like, as a tall person, my foot is really wide. Like the ball mm. of my foot is really wide. But then my calf and my ankles are quite, I don't know, thin. Like, so mm. I would imagine, like, uh, yeah, you. I think that's a great idea to have, mm. to have a custom fit. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone yeah. Comes I mean, that's yeah that's what I was thinking too and yeah I totally agree and so hopefully these would fit you well I'm gonna be watching out for them and I will give it a go amazing (laughs) see see how I go because I I I do I can I'm I'm pretty good with working with double pointed needles and stuff so I've just okay but I've just that one sock experience I know I I know I know has there been a pattern that you've popped down when you were like, you know, the beginning of your uh, knitting or crochet journey, and then you've seen it recently and started to continue to make it, or you've looked at it and frogged it and started again? Has there been anything like that? Mm, that's a really good question. Um, uh, I haven't really had that, although I would say, so again, I've been knitting for a long time, right? But from the time I was like 10 until uh, just a couple years ago, I was really mainly knitting squares, like making up blanket patterns to give as gifts. I was doing a lot of gifts um, and not really challenging myself as a, as a knitter. Um, but recent, and then I got really into embroidery for a while and I was really into that. Um, and then I got sick of embroidery and I went back to knitting. And that's when I really do- dove in and started challenging myself as a knitter. And at that time, when I started making garments, I was really doing super bulky knits. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so I have like this and then I have, which is Vicky's vest. And I have um, a super simple sweater by a honey knits, which is also super bulky. Mm -hmm. And both of those are great, but I'm almost thinking about like maybe raffling them off or something because I just don't wear them. I'm wearing this today, which normally never happens. <laughs> um, but because I don't even, I just don't like the super bulky anymore. Mm, so yeah. you know what I mean? Like, so if, if I like the yarn, I would be frogging this to reuse it maybe, or I would just probably wear this more often. Um, but yeah, just because super bulky is so great for when you're a beginner knitter yeah, too. Definitely. Results quickly. You can see the, the stitch definition more easily. Um, but yeah, now that I'm more comfortable with my knitting skills, I'm like, why do I have all this super bulky yarn? Like <laughs> I don't want to use it. And I just, yeah, it's just anyway. So no, I haven't really had that experience Tegan, but um, yeah, I wish I didn't have all the super bulky yarn. That's right. <laughs> I hear you. I have an entire cupboard just filled with it. <laughs> I need to do like a yarn stash sale. I think I tried it one time when I had like a thousand followers back in the day. And um Oh, you're doing just, it now. Be gone in minutes. Any, so. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> <laughs> in the day. Um, but I didn't sell any. So I think maybe now, maybe people will be like, yeah, I'll grab some of that, you know. But see. Fair enough. Hmm. Well, before we wrap up, yep. what would you like to uh, leave us with? Your time to plug whatever you've got coming up or talk? What's in yes. the works? What's next for New Wave? So I would say there's tons. I'm, I mean, I've got so many things I want to do. First of all, um, I would love to also start a podcast and to be on YouTube as well. Um, although I do have a full-time day job, so that's proving quite difficult on top of the blog. <laughs> so that will be someday. But um, right now, uh, I would love to help promote um, my blog and some of the free items that I have for people. So if you go to my Instagram, which I'm very active on at New Wave Knitting, you can go to the link in bio and I have a free knitwear capsule wardrobe checklist that you can download. Or if you're interested in pattern design, you can also get a free uh, pattern design checklist. Um, so yeah, those are at my link in bio. And also if you're into made to measure patterns, um, check out the staple skirt and keep your eyes out for more items in the staple collection. I highly recommend. <laughs> this has Thank been you. endorsed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually was just thinking, oh, maybe I might go and check out your, your staple skirt because we're coming into summer now. And yeah. as a tall person, I can never get anything that is long enough ever. Mm -hmm. so. Yes. Yeah, it's customizable length, yes. so you can knit it all the way down to your knees. Knees are max length, I will say. But and you can add a slit as well. You can add a slit. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very good. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. And has your coffee yes. kicked? Has it? Has it? Is it wearing off now? Or is it? <laughs> for me, yeah, I think. Yeah, I'll I'll have to take some melatonin probably before bed. But you know how that is. <laughs> fair enough fair enough well, well no, thank, thank you, you so much, much for coming on and yes just yes thank you <laughs> no thank you both I really appreciate this time and I hope you both have a wonderful day as I'm getting ready to go have dinner but um yeah thank you so much for your time thank you all right we'll talk soon all right talk soon see y'all bye, bye.
That was absolutely awesome to speak with Jeanette today. She is just so full of knowledge and great information and I can't wait for her collection to come together. I know. I'm really keen to see... Um, like state, like staple anything. Mm. Oh yeah, absolutely. To see that collection grow, and then the whole, like you really all need to go check out her blog. Yeah, it, there are some amazing tidbits in there. It's great. Um, just an amazing read. I'm gonna find this checklist, and I'm Please. going to do it. <laughs> go and download the the um, capsule wardrobe checklist. It it will change your life. It, I, I I literally that is what I'm going to do after work. But I will go. Do Are you sure work. you don't want to do it during? Well, <laughs> yes, I'm not going to do it during work. If anyone is listening from work. <laughs> But yeah, and I love the idea of being able to go and actually frog some of those items that I don't wear anymore and repurpose yeah. the yarn. I'd never thought of that before. I'm so. I'm actually in the middle of doing that with one of them at the moment for myself because yeah. I um there was actually an issue with the pattern and then I got the when I got to that area that the problem was I put it down and then the designer reissued a new version of it and then at this point I'm just like I don't even like the neck because it was like a turtleneck I was like I don't like the neck I want just yeah. a normal V because I'd wear it all the time so I'm frogging it frogging well I've got a frog to the beginning because that was the beginning um but I might repurpose the arm for something else there you go. So yes, I'm going to definitely look at this checklist now and make some very important decisions for myself. Well, so if you go to newwaveknitting.com, I believe yep. it is. Yep. It, it came up as a pop-up message when I first came on the page. I did it. I'm going to go back. So, um, and bonus is when you see so subscribe to get the checklist, but you also get notifications of Jeanette's um, weekly blog posts, which is also very handy. Mm. Well, thank you, Jeanette. Yeah, thank you for joining us and thank you for sharing um, yeah, everything. Yeah, it was really interesting to hear about the Fiber Arts um, course as well and I yeah. really wish there was something here for about that. <laughs> and maybe there is. Let us know if you do know of anything. Yes, and then send it to me because I want to go to it. <laughs> well, until next time. Buying craft supplies and using them are two separate hobbies. Not they hobbies. Really, they really are two separate hobbies. Oh, hobbies. I don't know why. You know, and you know, Kate, you know, when I did that in the last episode, I actually had done it in a previous episode. And I don't, and it's just, it's just going to become a thing. It probably is. Yeah. All right. Happy crafting, happy, everyone. Happy crafting. Bye. Bye.